This is Donna Otto, and blessed Advent, happy Christmas, Christmas tide is coming, it's such a wonderful time of the year, well is it? Let's not talk about the things that aren't so wonderful, like excessive spending, traffic, busyness, overeating, uh, overdoing. Today I want to talk to you about some observations I have in the book of Luke, chapters 1 and 2, and I'll be a little uh, free-flowing here because a lot of these things are merging together in my own soul and spirit this year. I absolutely look forward every year, and the older I get, the more anticipation I have for the season of Advent which is 40 days plus weekends, and the season of Lent, the same amount of time, where I stop. I stop my regular readings. I stop my regular studies. I stop. And all the things I read have to do with this amazing, amazing experience of Jesus' birth. It all began with a yes to the invitation Mary was invited to be a part of God's project. Yes, I will be a mother to the Lord, Luke chapter 1, verse 38, and a willing heart and the choice to say yes. And the question is, is Jesus inviting you to say yes to something? Is Jesus inviting you to say yes to something? And that just touched me so deeply because I thought, there's that wonderful thing called choice. I have an option. And I know you all know this. I know this, but it's still remarkable to me for every yes I say yes to, I'm saying no to something else. I know. Doesn't that sound, all of a sudden it seems like a much bigger choice, doesn't it? The, oh yes, let's do that, seems like a much bigger, bigger investment than, oh, yes, let's do that. It means I'm saying no to something else. What am I actually saying no to? And then the thought came to me about the things that I regularly say no to, and now I have a reason for saying no to them, because I said yes to something else. Does that ever occur to you? Do you ever just flippantly say yes, and then later you think, oh, but I had whether I'd written in my calendar or not, I had planned to do something else. Now, the next time we're together, I want to talk to you about the two women, um, the two women, actually there's more than two of them, but um, the women of Christmas, the women of Christmas, Elizabeth and Mary, um, the women of Christmas and how each of them played a role in Christmas and in this account. But here we see what is called the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise. She says, yes. She doesn't say just yes. She says, nothing will be impossible with God. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. 
Here am I, the servant of God. Let it be to me according to your word. And when I read that this last week, I, I thought to myself, I don't know if I've ever said that, Lord. Have I ever honestly said yes to you in such a way that I said, here am I, like I, all of me, all of my brain, all of my resources, all of my time, all of me? Or do I say, yes, here I am, sort of a servant of the Lord, and let it be according to your word so it doesn't inconvenience me too much. Now, we never say those words, but I act them out. I meet with women one-on-one and um, in mentoring and spiritual direction, and I have a dear young woman who I'm meeting with. She's 21 years old. Oh, my heart just wishes I could live long enough to see what this woman is going to do in this life. And she's very interested in setting her priorities and, and talking about what's next in her future. And she wants to practice quiet. She wants to practice solitude. She wants to have a Sabbath. She wants to look into silence. And these are big, big subjects. And she said, but I don't know anything about them. I just know that I want to do them. And I asked her why she wanted to do them. And she said, because the people who have done them are always people who seem to be enriched because they have a regular time of quiet with God. Oh, do you just don't you want to meet her? Don't you want to love her like I've grown to love her? And then I looked back at the days that I made some of those choices. And then I wondered, again, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then Mary goes to visit with Elizabeth. And then she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. She's talking about herself. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. How did this young girl have the idea that from that moment on, except that she knew what was happening to her was great and big and magnanimous, and yet she was still willing to say, here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be done to me. Do you think about the decisions you make? Do you pause and say, is this a big one? Is this a little one? And is God in this? And she comes on to say, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors. And Mary remained with Elizabeth for three months. Did you ever make a decision that even begins to compare? Remember, we don't we don't like to compare, but when we're talking about decisions, is this a decision to have a donut and not have a donut, to get a cup of coffee, to put cream in it and not put cream in it, as the same sort of level as a young woman saying, for nothing will be impossible with God, here am I, a servant of the Lord. There is some uh, disparagings in the importance of it. 
And I've been struck with that importance this past week. I've been struck with this young woman who speaks these words. God was with Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord. And God is with you. God is with me. This Advent time is a time of, of a, something that people say often, already and not yet. Already. Already he has come. History is quite clear. You don't have to believe in Jesus to believe that Jesus actually walked the earth. There is enough history to prove it. There's enough data. There's enough information, not in the Bible, but in historical records. This has already happened, and yet it's not yet. And I think of his getting ready to leave the earth, and when he got ready to leave, how sad the disciples were. And they all had this idea that he was coming again. I'll be back, he said, like, bye-bye, I'll be back. And nobody knew when he'd be back. He told us no one would ever know when he'd be back. And yet they missed him tremendously. They missed him tremendously. I think if there's any portion in Scripture that moves me more than that one, I don't know what it is, because I think how much I love certain people in my life, how much I need to be with them, how much I want to be with them, how much I learn from them, how much I love them. And if they were to say, ta-ta, I'll be back, and they, then they left, and, and there was no way for the disciples to understand what was going on. We have a hard time, and we have it all clearly spelled out for us. And they were sad. They had lost this incredible, incredible companion. I think it's a very perplexing subject. I think it's a very perplexing subject. It means that there's some confusion or uncertainty. The word speaks of intense back and forth and emotions. Mary is not just perplexed. She stops to ponder. And I love those two P words, perplexed. It, it, it seems like you want to say, in in common vernacular, duh, perplexed, you think? She's not been with a man. She's old enough to understand what that means. And now she's been told by an angel. Remember that angels were messengers of God. And if we would describe them in, in real time, they're huge. They're tremendous. They loom over us. They're luminous because there's so much light in them. And here's this young girl standing before Gabriel. The next time we're together, I'm going to juxtapose the position of Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband, and how he behaved in front of Gabriel. Mary is meditating on this greeting of the angel, and Gabriel goes on to describe what is about to happen. This kingdom will never end, and this child will be the Son of God. The child's description is reminiscent of God's covenant with David in 2 Samuel. There God speaks of David's kingdom as an everlasting kingdom and God's heir as God's son. People have prayed this for years. Mary's no doubt been praying the same thing, for she's a faithful Jew. But it's shocking, it's perplexing to learn that God is working out this big promise 
this big promise of this big people group over a long period of time. He's going to work it out in her. And I can't stop thinking about how many things that seem too big for me, or maybe they seem too big for you. And Mary was willing to pause and ponder these things with God, with Elizabeth, who was her relative. And in that pondering, she could say, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So this Advent, I'm praying for all of you as I pray for myself. No, it's highly unlikely that I'm going to be the child. I'm going to bear a child at my age in life. It's certainly not likely that there'll be uh, another birth like John the Baptist or Jesus Christ. But what is God inviting you to? Do you hear his invitation? Do you have enough time to hear his invitation? And when you hear his invitation, do you have enough time, enough information to respond to it? And is your response yes or no? Adele Calhoun, who I'm just think is a fabulous woman of God, has written a book about invitations. And it's it's so wonderfully written and so grips you in the notion of how important invitations are. And she uses some illustrations, like if you get an envelope in the mailbox and it says from the White House, and then you get an envelope in the mail and it has a scrawly handwriting on it, which one do you think is a better invitation? (laughs) There are grades of invitations. There's no doubt about it. But what I'm asking you to consider today is, are you in a place to say yes to an invitation of God? Are you know that God's inviting you to something, to a project that he has for you? And will you say yes? Will your yes will be as big as Mary's is when she said, yes, I will be the mother of the God of the universe. Yes. Yes. Remember for every time you say no, to something, you lose the opportunity to say yes to it. Are you a naysayer? Do you say no first and then think about it and say, maybe I should have said yes? Are you a yes first? You just rush into the invitation and say, yes, I'll put that on my calendar. And then you realize later, oh, I have too many things on my calendar. We've talked about priorities here at Modern Homemakers for a very long time. A priority is something only you can do. And this Advent season, I'm asking you to pause, ponder, like Mary did, the invitations before you from God. And if you say, I don't think I have any, I hope to say back to you, I hope you're listening for the invitations that he always has for us. This is Advent 2021. And we are preparing our hearts to celebrate his birth as we prepare our hearts for his return. Oh, and we do pray, Lord, come quickly. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make a very uncommon day of saying yes to Jesus.